properties are cozy and snugged. We own many properties. Why is that important? Because that's one way how to make money. And that's one way how to feed your family. I love it. Good job. Hello, hello, hello. Stephen Lee, Blackwall Podcast, uh, transmitting live from Cinnamon Studios. Feels good to be here. We're doing some renovations, so I got to get used to these lights being in my face. We're adding a video component, and uh, this first season has been magical. So we're actually in our last four episodes of our first season. That'll complete our first 25 you know, the first quarter's free. Then after that, we'll talk. So I wouldn't have a complete first season if we didn't do two things. One, we got to reach back, right? If we're going to make a bunch of money and uh, we're going to invest in the capital markets and investing markets, we have to take on the responsibility for investing in our communities. So... I couldn't continue and do the first season without bringing someone that's near and dear to the movement, but is also near and dear to my heart. So I'm biased when it comes to this episode. Um, This is my brother from another mother. We've been friends since we were teenagers, freshmen in high school. Um, So God, I don't know, that's over 20-something years ago now. Um, 25 years ago. And this brother's always been fresh. He's always had a good heart. He's always been honest. And he's always thought of the team first. Uh, This gentleman was the guy that if you didn't have money, he would buy your food at McDonald's for you and not worry about it. He was the guy that I used to go half with on clothes. We used to go shopping together in Soho and on Bleecker Street and all types of other stuff as teenagers. And it was never any hate, any jealousy, anything in his heart. He was always about the mission and about the team. So it doesn't surprise me now that this this man is a family man. And a family man in the true sense of the word, where he takes care of our whole community, the whole village. And so I want to make sure that we talk about investment, not only in the way of money, but investing in people and our surroundings and our community. So everybody... I want you to give a black wall welcome to Mr. Yahadi James. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. sir. That was, um, that was a great intro. I appreciate that brother. That was great, man. Um, all the truth, all the truth though, all the truth. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Um, sounds, sounds good, man. Sounds good. And I definitely, you know, um, you already know how, you know what I'm saying? Um, you my guy, and you my, you know it's been a long time, so it's great to be here. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, let's chop it up, man. Yeah, well, let's jump right into it because you 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 know you've been a supporter from day one, number one, right? So let's just go ahead and put that out there. So you've you've appreciated and uh, been part of the growth. Now, the thing about it that you just mentioned that I do want to touch on because it directly relates to the topic of conversation is we have to talk about how and why I haven't seen you in over 20 years and how gentrification and the change in New York city through gentrification pulled family, friends and everybody else apart by dis, uh, placing so many different people through the violence and the, uh, rising cost in the late nineties. Yeah, man, um, you know, I feel like we have such an interesting perspective, you know, on the changes and the justification that has occurred in our community. Um, we kind of came up, we were old enough, you know, I always tell people like, you know, I saw it when it like first started, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, at least when it first started to me, you know, and that was when we was in high school, you know, when mm-hmm. we were you know, freshman in high school and, you know, they started building that Atlantic Center Terminal, um, right. you know, downtown Brooklyn. 
And um, this is before the Barclays Center was ever even a thought, right? Correct. Well, a thought to us. Right? Exactly. A thought to us. Great. Right. Perfect way to put it. Right. So, you know, before that was even something that we could even conceive, we had no idea what was in the works. But, I mean, you know, you have this Atlantic Center that came about and, you know, obviously adjacent to that is what we what we knew was all Alvy Square Mall. You know, um, right. And before and that was Metro Tech. Well, no, Metro Tech came after that. See, know, okay. Metro Tech came after Alvy Square Mall. You know, so the whole you know downtown that Fulton Mall, Alvy Square Mall. Then during our high school years, you know, Metro Tech comes about, and um, you know, you start to see. You know, the Atlantic Terminal come, and then just, you know, businesses start to pop up, and it kind of took a little while for things to kind of really, really shift. Mm. But, um, you know, definitely throughout the years, I feel like after 9-11, you know, things definitely started to to pick up the pace, and then obviously a couple of years later, you know, the Barclays started to happen. Well, there are some things that happened with the whole Metro Tech complex that now that we know the blueprint of gentrification, that is when they stopped Myrtle Avenue from having direct access to downtown. And we didn't understand how that was a way to separate the access of the projects from extremely prime real estate. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. Because that's what they because that's actually part of the um, it's called the master plan of real estate. And Richard Nixon and his cronies developed this. It's a 50 year plan that they made in the 60s. And one of the ways that they talked about keeping up segregation without necessarily calling it segregation was to create these things that are called green spaces to keep the ghetto from being able to go into gentrifying areas. Right. right. So if you put a park there, so that was how Harlem was kept from the rest of Manhattan, right? Central Park. So all these different mm-hmm. things, when we're thinking it's for us to go play, it's really the fence to keep us in. Right. Right. So we're not thinking as Metro Tech goes up, now you can no longer walk Myrtle Avenue straight downtown. Right. Because right. they have their own police force, security force, right? So there's like a whole. I don't know. It's almost like Israel and Palestine, the checkpoint type right. feel, right? Because you couldn't get to the train stations without getting through Metro Tech, or you have right. to go all the way around. Right, right. That's so interesting. Yeah. So these are the things yeah. that we didn't notice, like you said at the time, but there are strategic moves in order to devalue and segregate people in real estate proximities. So it's not it's not a coincidence that they were allowing gang fights right there at the foot of the Manhattan bridge between us and Westinghouse. But if you did that same shit, Metro tech, you're going to jail, right? Right. That's, right. that's 500 right. feet difference. Right. And yeah. as, and as it started going, that circumference of where you'll get arrested starting getting bigger. Now it's all of downtown Brooklyn. But when we were high school kids, there was open gang violence going on on Fulton. Right. Right. Yep. So, that's where I think it's very important to talk to you, someone who stayed behind, if I could use that kind of uh, language. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was kind of a war. Does that make sense? So you stayed behind. Someone like me goes on, moves to different places, and I've, I've invested, but I've never been able to reach back and invest where I'm from because I'm so far detached. So this is why having you on the platform is important because I got to figure out a way to show investors who might not have that infrastructure or might not know how to tap in to where they're from or where they used to, you know what I mean? Right. How do we tap in and support people like you that are on the ground? So how does a person that's a pure capitalist, that's all about getting this, uh, you know, capitalistic American dollar, how do I support the community activists in my area? Right, that's a great question. I mean, I think there's there's many ways. I mean, if you're talking, you know, monetarily or, you know, not even monetarily, one of the best things to do is <clears throat> to, you know, attach yourself or to look for the community organization that is attached to um, uh, a cause that is near and dear to your heart. Okay. Right? So... 
that's the first and foremost, you know, because people, whoever's running these organizations and people that are doing things, you know, they're doing it not for the money. They're doing it, well, you know, because they it's near and dear to their heart and they feel like it's something that's necessary to do. So if you want to do the same, you should have the same intention in, in attaching yourself to those to those um, organizations. You know, if, you know, I mean, I primarily work with youth, um, you know, young black men, um, in ge- you know, in general, and then I work with a lot of youth artists. So if somebody wants to, <laughs> if that's a cause, you know, that someone is, um, that can't, you know, someone cares about, and they want to assist, um, you could always reach out, you know, obviously, you know, through social media, something like that, but just, you know, assisting, I think monetarily is always great, you know, allowing, if, if you're a business owner, you know, allowing these, you know, organizations to use your facility, you know, sometimes you have people that are mm. restaurants or, you know, event, um, you know, they may own a club or something like that. And if you want to really assist somebody, you know, maybe you can allow them to use your facility at no charge, you know, build right. a relationship with them. You know, I have a relationship with a venue, with a lot of venues, but um, primarily, you know, a black owned venue in my neighborhood where when I do my event and my concerts and my community type of events, you know, I don't, I don't have to pay. Right, they're an event, they're a space, they're a club, you know, bar lounge that wants to get the tax write off. Right. I mean, maybe they want to get a tax write off. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, because that's an incentive to business people like me, right? There's a tax write off involved. Absolutely. So that's, 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 that's another, right. That's another incentive. Um, you know, and they want to do, they want to show that they are a positive influence in the community. Right. right. They're a club, right. you know, they do a lot of events and parties and stuff like that. So it's a lot of, you know, obviously like, you know, event parties, you know, club hip hop stuff going on. And it's so a great place for them to market their space. Right. So they want to balance the marketing and let people know that, they, you know, that they're the community. So the type of events we do, you know, we have politicians and schools and teachers and whatever, whatever come by. <laughs> Those politicians always want to be seen with something, right? Exactly. So. You know, that's one of the good ways if you have a business and you can offer whatever your business offers to that um, organization, that's that's probably the best way to assist them other than, you know, just giving money or something like that, you know. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think sometime for, you know, investors, we, we, we get, believe it or not, we're a little insecure sometimes and sensitive about our money too, you know, like we don't want to come across like, like we're looking down at the people that are doing the community work or something, you know? So it's like, right. we, we don't necessarily know how to bring about that conversation. We don't want to be like assuming that you don't have your, your, your finances together. So that's why I really like the, like donating your space, you know, cause I think that's a great way to kind of be like, Hey, if you guys ever need a space, I own such and such, let me know. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. And that, that is, you know, that's a, a huge help to, you know, someone like myself or anyone that does, that does, you know, events or that needs, needs space to do their community work because obviously you would have to pay somebody otherwise. Right. So, you know, um, you know, if, if you, you know, even if you're someone like yourself who says, who's like, or any, you know, someone in particular who may not have a, um, a space to offer, right. But they have an expertise, you know, so, you know, you do real estate and you're a real skill estate and trade. Person. Yeah. You know, you have a, you have a, you have an expertise that you, that you are, um, you know, a master in, you can offer your time. Right. Um, you know, I work with a lot of young, like I said, young black men. I have a whole class right now, um, that I'm working with. And right now we're working on their, um, letters of interest to send out to different companies for um, internships. That is very good, sir. And a few of them want to be, you know, in finance, right? They want to see So the whole thing is like, okay, you guys say you want to do this. So if you really want to do it, then you have to write this letter of interest. And once they write the letter of interest, then I'm going to go and, you know, find different outlets to to, to get them signed up. I got one kid an internship at a... a, um, animal hospital he wants to be a veterinarian right so we got that lined up for him and the internship Um, process is extremely important because honestly that's how i got into i guess the world outside of brooklyn right 
Because as kids, I don't think people really understand how how limited our um, you know, how limited our whole world really was. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was a matter of you you, you never saw any white people essentially in Brooklyn, right? So my exposure to other cultures was going to Manhattan, right? Right. And those internship programs, SEO, Coro, these types of things allowed me to be around corporate America, so to speak, right? As a kid. So I wasn't afraid, you know, like that barrier had already been crossed. I already knew, I already knew that they were more similar to us than we are not similar. So I didn't freeze up when I was in a predominantly white situation. So having these internships and getting these kids to understand the value of being yourself in corporate America and how you're an asset, right? They're not doing you a favor by having you here, right? Once they understand that, that's when it is a beneficial thing. So I think the internship is is great. So how does, so I guess the reason why I really have you on here, because this is something that's been on my mind for a while. How does someone like me that wants to do something, now I know I can say space, now I know I can say uh, skill, expertise. How do I offer like a master's class, so to speak, to these interns and these groups of kids that you have? And how can other people that have real skills, right? How can they offer their time to your movement? Because technology is amazing. We can be anywhere in the world and talk to a room full of people, right? We're, we're, we're almost a thousand miles away from each other having this podcast. So people can educate and give their knowledge and, and reach that handout for the next generation. How do they do that through you? Right. So, um, well, how do they, how, like, how do we actually connect to, to connect with the children? with you yeah like how do we like how does the person like me get to you and be like hey man i want to help i want to teach these kids financial literacy from an investor's point of view hey man i want to help i want to teach these kids how to do carpentry hey man i want to help i want to teach these kids how to do plumbing how does someone reach in right now right and tap in with a you or a Yahari of their area, right? Because it's all the same energy. How do right. I how do I approach you? How do I say I want to do this? Right? Do I need to right, have like right. a curriculum? Would, like talk to me. Right. So I would say so there's a couple of things. I would say if you're if you're in your community, right? And you know you're kinda like looking for an organization or something like that and you have a, you have a passion, you know, you're passionate with you know, the environment, let's say, you know, and you want to, you know, um, assist and help initiatives that, you know, help the environment or whatever it may be. I would say first thing is to go to your local um, councilman, right? Okay. Go to your local council office, call them, right? And, um, you know, or your local assemblyman or assemblywoman um, and inquire, right? They definitely are in touch with local nonprofits and community organizations that touch on a variety of issues. Oh boy. That um, sounds fucking scary. I ain't going to lie to you, man. As soon as you said that, like my heart started jumping, you know, I'm a street dude, man. You just wanted me to go talk to who, <laughs> but that's, but that's the thing. Like, you know, that's, that's definitely one of the, those are, that's know, a barrier. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm keeping yeah. it real. As soon as you said that, yeah. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, is, the opposite of what I've ever tried to do in my life. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 is, it, it, it definitely can be can be a barrier, but I mean, you know, that it's not that you know, it's not the police and stuff like that. It's, well, I think we need to say that because I'm be honest with you, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm not going to talk to no fucking police. Yeah, nah, nah, not going. I'm not saying go to the police. I would say go to you know your council, but call the council person's office. Um, and you, you know, you're not gonna most likely speak to them, and you're gonna talk to you know. Your secretary or representative or whatever, right? Just inquire, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you know, I'm somebody I'm looking for, you know, any youth organizations or any organizations that deal with you know, environmental issues in, in in this county or in this borough, all right? You know, and I'm looking to connect with them, and you know, they'll definitely say, Listen, you know, we have 
you know, multiple people that we work with. You know, you should look into this person, that person. And that's, that's, and then you start your vetting process from there. And then you start your vetting process from there. If you, if you don't have any way to start with, you know what I mean? It's also, obviously you can always go online, you can go on social media, you know, and find who's local to you. You know what I mean? Different community groups. Like, like I said, like, you know, I was talking before, I'm involved with, um, the Sanitation Foundation, which is a nonprofit, that is a nonprofit for, um, that, uh, the nonprofit for the Department of Sanitation in New York. Okay. Right. So we, what we do at the Sanitation Foundation is we connect with the community and residents of New York City and people that want to organize community cleanups. So, okay. you know, if you're somebody that lives in Bed-Stuy and you say, yo, my neighborhood is dirty, man, you know, um, this shit is crazy. I want to have a cleanup then, you know, you can contact the Sanitation Foundation and they will assist you in getting supplies, you know, brooms, whatever. you Right, need right, whatever. right. And they will assist you and connect you with the Department of Sanitation. They'll bring out some representatives maybe, you know, even to assist you in your cleanup. So things like that, you know. And so in New York City, right, you know, we have like 311. So you would you could also just call 311. You know what I'm saying? Yo, listen, I'm looking for some organizations that deal with XYZ and three one one will be able to assist you as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um so, so let know, me so let me ask you, of course, you know, I'm gonna I'm thinking the business questions off the rip. Uh, not to get in your business, but to get in your business. Do you have a five oh one C three? That's what that shit's called? Five oh one right? The non profit. No, so I'm thing? not a non profit. I'm just I'm just a regular LLC. I'm just I'm a for profit. Okay. Um and you and, help out non profits, right? That's how that works? I do, I do help our nonprofits, but what I do is I get contracts, um, you know, via different, different ways through schools. And right. I, I get contracts with nonprofits. So a lot of time nonprofits, um, I guess contract me, you right. know, subcontract me, so to speak, for different initiatives. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Right. And that's the right. business of community building. Yeah, I mean that's the business of it. I mean, there's no shame that. in that. What's wrong with that? You're supposed no, to. You're not Jesus. You can't. You can't feed your family off of a, a loaf of bread and, and, a, and a fish, right? Am I, am I saying something crazy here? No, nah, no. Nah, that's why I'm for profit. Okay, I'm absolutely for profit. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? I'm all about making money. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? And we have to. Um, you know, I'm not. I don't. I don't think that people that you know support and that do community work should be broke by any means. I think that you should be able to. You too fly for that. Business. Oh, absolutely. You already know. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, you know, and the, um, you know, the whole, the whole thing is like, when you're talking about doing this type of work, your business mind, right? So, you know, I, I'm not going to sound like I've been a genius, I'm a genius or I'm a master at it, but I've, you know, over the last two years, let's say, is when I really started um, working within the writing grant sector. Like I started writing. Okay. Grants, you put in that work. Grants. Right. That's when I really, and I've been able to, in like the last year and a half, get like almost 30,000 grants. Right. So that's what, for me, for hello, writing, hello. You know saying? That's great. You know what I mean? Like, so, then, so, know, so to get, slow it down, you know, cause there's people out here, man, listen, this is some crazy shit. You know, we just hired a marketing team. Um, we're building out the the studio to go visual for the the second season, and um, I, just like in you know in the streets, I'm taking it serious. You know, I know I started and, and I got out there. I want to make sure I have the best product. My audio is crispy. You know, I'm consistent. I'm what you need from a podcast. But now we're taking it to the next level, and part of taking it to the next level is identifying what we're about. Just like you said, right? So. It's not about being famous for me. It is about building a strong network and it's about kind of having financial therapy. So when you're talking about the grants and all these other things, I want you to slow it down because y'all people, this man just developed a whole skill, right? Grant writing is a whole skill. People go to college for this shit. People talk your ears off about it, try to charge you a bunch of money for it. And, and Jihadi has figured out how to self-taught do it. And he's going to continue. So think about it. This is just your first traction. I'm ready for you to hit them seven, eight figure grant years. 
Right. You, you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with picking up these skills because that's what this podcast is all about. You started it, community building. I don't want to be a, a, a dusty backpacker as I do it. Never have been, never <laughs> will be. Figured out that lane. Still do. Because when I first picked up on your community stuff, it was from the cleanups. Right? That's right. when I saw it. I'm like, okay, cool, because you know I got property everywhere and I've seen people do it. Now, I think that's important to let people know you can still be you and and do this, right? This doesn't mean you have to sacrifice and be, you know, the worst of the worst. And it doesn't mean you got to pimp the system. You can find a happy medium. So what I also wanted to know is I'm going to run you through the play right now, right? If you were me, what would mm-hmm. you do? So I have this, this property here in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, you know, my mom, I know your mom, God be pleased with both of our mother's souls. Um, me and my mom bought it because we were going to do an urban farm because uh, mm-hmm. the west side of Atlanta is a food desert. And so what I'm passionate about as a chef um, is bringing fresh food back to Simpson Road, back to the west side, the real west side. Mm-hmm. And my mom was the one with the green thumb, right? Um, mm-hmm. My wife has a green thumb now. Shout out, Mrs. Lee. You know who you are. Um, and But she's in, she's home in New York. And so I'm trying to figure out if I'm you, if you or me, how do I get involved with the community to farm this land or, or, or make it a project where I can see fresh fruit and food and vegetables coming to the west side of Atlanta? Like, what's my first step? I got the land. I got the passion. I'm willing to put money in to develop it and like, you know, clear land, make it a farm. Where do I go? Right. Well, first I think that you should, you should, you know, definitely. So you should, you should have as clear of a plan as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as to what you want to do and what you're willing to invest in. You know, if you, if you're, if you're trying to initiate and, you know, lead the charge in this or you're trying to, you know, finance this through another organization that already does something. Okay. Okay. Those are two different, you know, things. You might just want to be like, yo, you know, I got, <clears throat> I got 50,000. <clears throat> I like what you guys are doing here. Do it. <laughs> right. You know, a lot of times that may be just easier, you know, what I'm or you want to run the whole play yourself. So, that's the decision to make, you know, and then if you run and play your whole self, you have to have an exact, you know, um, idea because obviously you're going to be invested in, let's say, 50000 right, right, so you need you know to vet who you're having do the project and have the vision and manage the, the vision. Right, and manage the vision. I don't want to um, do that. Right. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I want to give the money and make more money. I don't want to, right, no. Right, so, um, you know, when I hear what you're saying, and, you know, obviously, <clears throat> you know, obviously we know each other for a long time. And so I was going to say, do you remember Abby? I do. You know, Abby lives down here and she actually, shout out to Abby. She met my mother and well, obviously mm-hmm. she met my mother, but she's seen our farm. She's seen it. And Abby, uh, oh, okay. is Abby still in that game? Abby's still in that game. I'm going to have to reach out to Abby. Yeah, I'm going to have to reach out to her. You know, from as far as I know, so. You know, there you go right there. You know what I'm saying? And she is, you know, from what I remember, she was, she's knee deep in, you know, um, you know, fresh farming. And, yeah, because if she's still doing it, that was, that was like seven, eight years ago, man. So she's still doing it. Yeah, she's a big dog yeah. now. And I believe that she, she, I think she got like funding from Shaq, I believe. Like something. Wow. So she kept something. with it. Yeah, she kept with it. And I think like Gangsta Grow. I don't know if Gangsta Grow is her, is the name of her thing. I, I, I don't want to. Well, right, 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 right. But either way, shout yeah. out to Gangsta Grow. And if you are our sister Abby, we fucking with you the long way. And I'm gonna yeah, find right. your ass one way or another. Right. Yeah, because I remember you know I don't um, communicate too you know constantly with her, but every now and then you you know we'll give each other a shout out on Instagram or whatever, whatever. And um, so yeah, that you know that's your plug right there. But you know other than that, so that's the thing. A lot of times. You know, and, and that's what you, you're doing. If anyone that's listening, you know, when you're trying to do something, you know, I found this in life and this pertains to um, everything. You know, you're trying to do something. A lot of times, 
the easiest thing to do is just to ask the people closest to you. Mm. You know, um, that's what this is all about, building that black wall. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we skip steps and we do all of this, you know, searching and whatever. And it's like, yo, I could have just asked, you know, my cousin. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? He might have just had the answer or he might have just led me to something. So sometimes asking your immediate circle. So that's what we're doing right now. Don't don't underestimate the community, man. Don't underestimate the community. Right. So the people you know a lot of times. Because I had totally forgot about Abby, to be honest with you. I had totally forgot about that. And she so was there at the very said, beginning. Like, oh, you in Atlanta? And there's another brother, um, my guy. Um, and all these shit. people, man, you know they're going to hear about it one way or another, so they're going to come to the surface. We're bringing it to light. Yeah, my guy, um, not metaphysics, um, rest in peace, my brother, metaphysics, but Methuselah. Um, there's a brother in um, Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? His name is Methuselah. Um, and he... He used to be a, I don't know if he still raps, but he used to be a really dope MC. Um, but he is huge in the, he's a chef as well. Okay. He's huge in the, um, you know, all, um, organic, you know, all natural food, food, alkaline eating. Right. And he grows his own food. He grows the herbs. He grows everything fresh. He's like huge in that space. Um, you know, vegan stuff. He makes all, you know, everything. 100% healthy, 100% right. natural. Um, so he is also someone that I would, you know, um, connect you with, you know what I'm saying, down in Atlanta. Right. That definitely could point you in the right direction. He and then that way, working. you're kind of going and finding that person who's got the experience on the ground, you know, it's kind of got the network. You find somebody you vibe with, you kind of let them know what your direction, what your plan is, and you kind of let them rock, essentially, right? You just right. kind of set exactly. up the the, right. the parameters of what you're trying to do and how long you want to rock with them, and and then you get the fuck out their way. That's it, you know. And it becomes just you know a, a, a business partnership, just like any other. But this one is, you know, having a um, you know, a positive impact, you know, on on the community, um, mm. you know. And then you know the, the the dope thing about stuff like this, and you know, being business minded is that there's ways to make money. You know what I'm saying? Um, doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the you know organizations that I work with, um, it's called the Bro Experience. And long story short, the connect the the director of the organization. You know, the, we was talking today after a class we had after the workshop that we do with these young men. And what we do is um, cognitive behavior therapy workshops, and uh, we use music and whatnot to um, have the young men annotate lyrics and break down the lyrics and whatnot. And we were just talking about kind of like the business, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. Work. You know, he was telling me about these two gentlemen that run the largest cognitive behavior therapy organization in the country. Mm. You know and they're based in like Philadelphia or something, Pennsylvania, two white That's guys. That's big money talk right there. Know, and they like have contracts their total contracts are like for the year this year is sixty million dollars. Oh yeah, right? they haven't flown. And, uh, they haven't flown um, non-private in ten years, probably. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? The CEOs are making half a million a year. You know, and they are. You know, they got contracts. You know, we were, he was just talking, and you know that that organization, the one that I'm working for working with um, the Bro Experience, mm. they just received like their first largest grant deposit of like, I think a quarter million or like 200,000. I actually think it's 200,000. You know what I'm saying? So he's he's a way ahead, but he's been a great, you know, working with, with, this, with this guy for this organization has been a great example for me on how to consistently get those contracts. Correct. You know, and learning, learning the business behind it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's 50,000, it's 100,000. It's half a million out there for you when you're doing this type of work. Well, absolutely. And that's why um, I actually started investing in technology. Um, I don't know if you know, but I bought an app with my partner. Shout out CL Fierce. Um, And we bought an app where it's all about, it's called Silent Serenity, iOS uh, app store. And it's all about mental health, meditation, affirmation, uh, self-care. Um, 
And like you said, I think these are very important moves because I do love real estate. Don't get me wrong. But when you're talking about developing whole programs, like you said, the cognitive uh, therapy program and you start getting contracts and you start getting in, you know, every Cleveland clinic and every, you know, this insurance and every that insurance, that's a different level of money. And so I want to be clear to people that this isn't always just about buying real estate, right? Buying real estate. Buying that. No, you're talking about a business model that is impactful and profitable. That has nothing to do with real estate except for bettering, you know, the community, which makes my real estate more valuable. So I appreciate it. Right. But there's no, there, there's no limit. Like you said, there's no, Oh, I'm have to be with community. So that means I have to be poor or I want to, you know, help the community and make money. So I got to rip them off. You can yeah, no, do absolutely it. Not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I mean, that's what, you know, I think it's literally, I want to change my, my, my business model to an escort because mm. that's essentially, you know, what an S corporation is, you know, oh, I'm sorry, not a, a B corporation. I believe it is, right. I believe it's a B corporation. Um, I could see either way. I could see either way, to be honest with you. But I think the B is where you have like, it's like, you know, you're obviously for profit, but you're for profit for like a positive mission or something like that. So, you know, I think Ben and Jerry's is a B corporation. Mm. You know, it's one of these corporations or even like Newman's um, Lemonade. Got you. Got you. These businesses that like, you know, they're for profit, but a lot, they give a lot of their profit away. Right. They probably have like a certain uh, mandate as much as uh, right. of the profit they have to give away every year, regardless. Exactly. Something like that. Yes. Right. So, you know, um, you know, my, my, yeah, my greedy ass, I went to automatic S corp. I'm like, that's fucking smart. Sell stock in this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, how many shares are you trying to offer at first? <laughs> Right, right, right. Oh shit. But, um, okay. But, but yeah, man. Um, so look close to you. Reach out to you know those around you and 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 implement your vision. And don't be scared to talk to your local um, politicians and and council people and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Don't be don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be, yeah, because those those you know at least I know out here we have I have some good relationships with. I've been extremely surprised. I tell you, man. I mean, I have some. You know some cool relationships with the local assembly and some of the people. Actually, I don't know if you remember because Brian did go to Science Skills, I believe, but he was younger than us. Um, okay. And, but, Yo, and shout out to Kirk, man. I'm trying to get up with you, man. Stop dodging me, bro. Hmm. That's that's my homie from from high school. You remember Kirk? And we need to catch up. I'm sorry. Yo, but then another thing, you know, this podcast, we do whatever we want. So I got to say this, man, because I was thinking about this shit. They they got to know how far back we go. You remember when um when we had sleepover and you thought I had S-curl and you checked in the bathroom to see if I had S-curl or do-rags or any of that shit? <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you said. I don't remember that, but that's not what you said. Yo, yo. Oh, my God. We were stupid. Yo, shout out to Ethan, man. Yo, Anthony, like, we ain't never forgot like you, baby. Anthony, you, you always going to be with us, man. We ain't never you forgot know. you. Your sister you out here keeping that. your memory all the way alive, and you got a daughter that look exactly like your ass, man. We love you to you death forever. That. That's my brother for life. Absolutely. Life and death is always love. Always love. That's Ethan, you know we couldn't do this without uh, mentioning you. And, and your lovely wife, yes, your lovely wife, Trisha, man, yes, she was a part sir. of the gang, too. We, You know we you always going to shout all of us out. Shit, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Those are the times, man. My brother Ethan, he out there in the A now. Yes, he is. You know, when I was out, when I was out there, I went and, and, and tapped in with him for a little bit, you know, maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, I got to check in with him, man. We both are family men with all these damn kids running us around the city, man, in Atlanta traffic. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I'll be seeing you drop topped out, man. Looking, you, you know, you, yeah. you, being traffic, you being in traffic, but at least you, you know. Yeah, we soaking up the sun, me and the girls. You know how we do it, man. You soaking up the sun at least a little bit. Dude. Hell yeah. Hey, man. The retired drug dealer life is good. <laughs> nice. 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 I ain't even going to lie, okay? I do it good for everybody that didn't make it. Fuck it. So my okay. next question to you is. Yes, what made you want to start in this? 
start doing um, like community community building activism, because I'll be honest with you. This is not I mean, I I was shocked when I first found out. I mean, because we were about girls, nice clothes. Like I said in the (laughs) intro, you were the friend who would go half on me on whatever clothes, whatever spending budget, whatever outfit. Right. Shout out Tiffany Mansell. We can't forget Tiff. You know, can't forget Tiff. So, but anyways, we're going to move right along on that topic. But what we are going to continue to talk about is the fact that. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, shout out the whole fucking school. (laughs) Fuck it. Yo, shout out the whole school. Wow. Anyways, shit. This is a professional uh, real estate financial investment podcast. We are going to recenter, boys and girls, and we are going to get back on the goddamn rails. Jahari is trying to take us off. So, shout out to Murray Bertram. <laughs> Yo, so anyways, so... Damn, I don't remember what the fuck we was talking about, bro. I ain't gonna I lie to you. Either. I don't. I I fucked up. I fucked up. We gonna keep it rolling. So okay, so you got into this shit. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. we we right. was we was fly. We was regular fly teenagers, right? right. You wasn't yeah. you wasn't on the whole like the guy from um Menace Society that was trying to school us, and <laughs> you was not that. So it's not you know what I mean. It wasn't like oh yeah, Jahari's a community activist. No man, what the fuck is you talking about? Okay, Jahari is the one where I would be like, my nigga, you seen these new Dolomites? He'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, yo, you want to go cop? Yeah. And we would go down to Atrium, right? And we would look at the clothes of Atrium because we couldn't afford. We would go walk up and down, and we would buy uh, Django jeans. We used to rock fucking skater jeans and 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 mountain boots. Right, yeah. and we used to laugh yeah. at people that had on the uh, what is it like the fuck the the bootleg ones? I don't know, mountain gears. We used to laugh at people yeah. that had mountain yeah. gears, yeah. and yeah. and uh, yeah. and we got into a huge fight because you had hush puppies and I had wallabies. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go from that to this? Yeah, man, that's 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 a great question, huh? So I mean, I think that. I, I definitely have to attest, you know, to to just you know music. That's something that mm. so after high school, you know, and um, when we you know definitely kind of you know parted ways for a little bit in our lives, uh, I got heavy into music and I started rapping. Okay, you know, so the the music, um, you know, we started a group. I started a group with my guys like early two thousand. We actually we got signed to like independent deal. And we put out a record and, you know, we didn't obviously didn't blow up and stuff like that, but we kept going and, mm-hmm. you know, kept putting out music and, you know, even to this day, that's why I'm still involved with artists. Yeah, and, I see you that. Know, you give people a, a platform. Yeah, artist development and artist management. And I'm still writing, you know, rhyme here and there. But um, long story short, you know, just being a part of that artist community, you know, for so long throughout my twenties and my my, my 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 early thirties really just um being a staple in the artist community out here. The music I would say that we was making was primarily socially conscious music. Okay. You know, um you know, we was rapping, you know, we I think we all started rapping um uh, you know, like the street shit that we probably wasn't doing. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so you started off trying to sound like a Dipset member. Right, like we probably all, you know, but then obviously, like, you know, not even obviously, but then we grew, you know, into our own and me particularly grew into my own and just really became more of a songwriter and started to just really write more on an introspective community level. Um, Okay. So coming from that, um, you know, I just, I just started to just, that was my mindset, I would say, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of just been my mindset. And, you know, I kind of started to mentor, you know, younger artists just in a organic way where younger artists or young kids that wanted to be artists would be like, yo, you know, I want to be, I want to come through the studio or yo, you know what I'm saying? Yo, I wanna well, you've never be been this. fake. You've never been a fake person. Even when we were kids, I'm, I'm way faker than you when it came to that. No, I'm just being honest. I mean, let's just, I mean, we're here to fucking shoot straight. 
like you were always the one, you know, who would who would be like, nah, I'm not doing that. Me, I would I would try to hang out with anybody, you know. <laughs> no, I mean we're, we're we're shooting straight here, you know. We try to hang out with you. Was you was a lot more popular though because you knew everybody. Yeah, but that also was a little dangerous sometimes. Right, you had um, you had you. Oh, I meant to ask you that too. I was thinking about that the other day. How is um your cousin Dwayne? Right, yeah. Shout out to Dwayne. You know, Dwayne's in uh Columbia, South Carolina. He's doing great. He's driving trucks. Last I talked to him, uh, that was about a year ago. Yeah, he's doing truck okay. driving. Uh, ISIS is yeah, out there. Yeah. There's a few people. So a lot of us have moved south in that great re-migration, right. if you will. And right, that's right. what makes your story even more interesting because you did stay behind, but you chose right. to help the community that we just lost. Because let's be honest, we lost Brooklyn. Brooklyn's lost. Oh, yeah, it's, it's gone, man. Because when I go home, they look at me like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm like, but I, I, I literally grew up right here on Bergen and Vanderbilt. Like, what are you, like, what are we talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? So how did you be able to keep that same love and that same energy to be like, okay, well, even if it's not going to be noticed as much or even if it's not as quote unquote impactful, right? Cause it's not like you're going to take back the borough. That's not your fucking mission. Right. But you still have the love and the care. To, to pour into the, the borough and keep the, the little bit of culture that we have still alive. You know what I mean? So that, that's yeah. just like, you know, and if fuck it, man, I'm going to say some shit right now that you're just going to have to deal with, right? Because we're, we're brothers and you know, I don't mean no harm, but did losing your mother, do you feel like it gave you that next level of sensitivity to be able to pour into this? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if. I think no. Well, that definitely because you really care. You see what I'm saying? That, like this is like something you actually care about, real life. Yeah, it definitely gave what I think. What that did was it, it definitely gave me time to because it, it changed my life, right? Right. So right, right. being that it changed my life and it was such a shift in my life and my priorities, like working and doing other things. I kind of really, it freed, it freed up some time where I had to take a step back from a lot of the things and reassess. Kind of like what the pandemic kind of did as well. Right. <clears throat> you know right. Saying? Where it's like, oh, you ain't got to, you know, the world stops. So like you can kind of like sit back and kind of be like, oh shit, you know, it's shit working the right way. So it kind of gave me that time. And then I kind of got more into, you know, saying the community stuff around that time because, you know, I kind of, had space to be like okay and assess my life and say all right you know i want to do i want to kind of get back into my artistry too you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. at that time so i kind of got back into the artistry but then i even turned it up more with like the community stuff and started to merge more then that's around the time like i was saying you know i really just fell into mentorship with just like working with young kids that wanted to be involved you know what I mean? And then right. it just started happening that way. And, and also, like, throughout that time, I have to also mention, I was, like, I was working construction. So what I would do was, and, you know, so I, you know, I was working construction. That's actually, like, goes along with the passion of my mom because I'm working construction and working and working. And when that happens, I have to stop working. Mm. Right? So... I end up having to really focus on my own business, right? Like I, I'm still doing the same work, but now I started my own business, right? You know what I'm saying? Because of the time that I had to like give to my mom, you know what I'm saying? So I was now freelancing, so to speak, right? Not mm-hmm. even so to speak, that's exactly what I was doing, freelancing. So now that I'm freelancing, um, I'm able to hire people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because obviously I have my own business now. So now what I start to do is I start to hire the young niggas that I know. Right. You know what I'm saying? I start to hire, you know, my man's, my, you know, my young boy that's out selling drugs. Right. I start to hire, you know, whoever, you know what I'm saying? My man from the block that don't really know anything about construction, but I need somebody to help. So that's what I started doing. And that got me into that kind of like mentorship, 
mm-hmm. role, you know what I'm saying? And then I also started merging that into music where, like I said, around the same time, young kids started to, y'all want to be in your video? All right, back, come through in the video. Y'all want to be a rapper? All right, come through the studio. You know what I'm saying? Right. And from there, that just started to just build. And, like, I started to just see, like, yo, I, I really enjoy doing this. Then I started working on, like, putting a curriculum together and, like, okay, bet, I'm going to try to, like, you know, really do this. Oh, shit, you know how to write a curriculum. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, I mean, I think I can. uh, Hey, man, don't sell yourself short. I definitely know I can. A curriculum that works for my ass. Well, hey, that's better than what I could do. But I think that's very interesting you said that, the mentorship part, man, because I don't even think you really, uh, I don't think you understand or, or know and so let me tell you, when my mom died, you're the person that mentored me to get back into business. Um, we had a conversation and you told me, um, without revealing too much of the conversation that's private between brothers, but you told me that the biggest mistake I could make was to stay down too long. And you were like, make sure you don't stay down too long. Even if you don't keep moving at the same pace, because me and my mom did business together. We were business partners right. as well as best right. friends, as well as my mother. And I remember telling you, I was like, man, I just don't want to do this real estate shit no more. I'm just like, mm-hmm. fuck it. You know, like I got enough property. I don't ever have to buy another piece of property. I'll be fine. And you were like, nah, bro, I know it hurts, but just don't stay down too long. And I yeah. remember saying that. And it was like after a year, I started getting back up. Slowly, slowly. Now, it took me, I think it probably took me about three years, you know, two years to get back into actually doing my first deal again. But I remember always thinking, don't just give up all the way. So that's mm-hmm. that that mentorship you have. That's what I'm saying. It's in you, not on you. It's something you really, you really believe in it because you gave it to me. Right. And so if you're giving it to the artist and the kids and this one and that one. That's something you're, you're, it's, it's in your whole life. It's about you, you know? And so that's where I'm, I'm like, if we're going to have this financial investment podcast, right. And I'm going to dedicate a season to telling people everything from how to, what to do with your last $5,000, you know, what to do with your first check, tell people shut the fuck up, you know, how to get this, how to get that, buy and hold strategies, you know, current events. If we're going to do all that, but we're going to call it the black wall. And we're saying that we're trying to put bricks on this to build up the infrastructure to protect our financial uh, black community. How can we not talk about community investment? How can we not talk about mentorship? How can we not give a full fledged black print as uncle TJ would say on how to do this? How does someone like me that has the means and opportunity desire, what are the, the barriers and the obstacles that I need to push through to make this vision happen. Right. Right. And that's why I want to make sure that I talk about this because a lot of times people like me, we want to do something that's passionate about because it's like self healing. Right. So for me, it's the, it's the farm, it's the garden. It's going to make me think of my mother, but that's okay. Now, how do I match that up with somebody who's really on the ground and does that? Like you said, right. Abby does that. So I need to find Abby, somebody I went to high school with, need to find her. She's going to be able to tap me into the best way to go. And that's what yeah. I wanted people to hear, you know, because we all know a Abby. We all know a Yahadi. We all know a Stefan, right? Now, how do you put those together? We can't be lazy and be like, man, ain't nobody coming to me. You know, there's everybody want to do the community shits on that bullshit. We got to really do better work as investors because I, I know I work for the check. I'll work to go find the, the deal. So right. I need to be able to work to find for the community investment as well. Right. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a major key. That's a great point. You know, um, you know, to keep it balanced, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's definitely, you know, important to put that same energy into the other side too. You know what I mean? To, Definitely that same energy and that same vigor and that same spirit that, you know, imagine if all the, you know, the, the, the top, you know, money getters and, you know, even in just like entertainment and shit like that, as much as they, you know, hustle to get the bag, you know what I'm saying? They also hustle to just like, 
make sure shit was straight in their own respective neighborhoods. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, that's all I'm saying. And and, and I'm calling people to the to the carpet for it. And because right. I, you know, because hey, look, bottom line is is I don't have any sponsorships. I'm completely independent, self financed. So I don't need to be careful what the fuck I say. Okay. So just like I'm gonna call out anybody, I'm gonna call out myself. I feel guilty every year when I have these these tax write-offs and these loopholes and all this other shit that's completely legal, but I haven't figured out how to help my best friend push his mission forward that's cleaning up our old house. Does that make sense? Right. No, it makes sense. And another thing I wanted to, to add, um, you know, that, that, that came to my mind is, you know, one of the best things that you could do, you know, anybody can do that, that's especially black people, you know, that's in the position of, of power, you know, black and brown, only, black and brown, you know, black, black and brown, you know, owning your own business and being a, you know, a financially savvy person is to find a young person, you know, and mm-hmm. take them under your wing. That's that's um one of the one of the you know if you could do that if you could grab one person, right, one kid, right. If we all can grab one kid, and that's it, yo. Then that's then that you did you did your thing. You know what I'm saying? You you don't have to do. In my opinion, you don't have to do anything else. <laughs> no, you're you know right. If you can find one kid and just like be like, yo, man, I want to help you. You know, you want to do what I want to do. I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, show you the ropes. I'm a bring you around. You, you know, I'm a hold you to the task. Right. You know and it's don't, like, and don't pimp them out. Don't take advantage of them as free labor. Really show them the game. This ain't no music yeah. industry bullshit. Right, yeah, no, really show them the game and just, you know. And make sure they get fair value for what they're giving you. Right, right. You know, ain't nothing for free. So even if somebody just following you around and you just making sure that they get a little stipend every day, that's your responsibility as the person that was the elder, the mentor, to make sure that they know not to work for free. Right, right. Whatever that, whatever that, you know what I mean? If it means that they going to work to get the internship, whatever, there is going to be some type of um, reciprocity and benefit to them directly. So another thing that I wanted to ask you was on the topic of the internships and the kids that you mentor, how many kids are you mentoring right now? Um, so we have uh, yeah. Don't give us no political correct answer. Tell us the truth now. No, it's like so. I have I have three groups. Okay, um, shit. I wasn't expecting so I that. Think that it's about like probably like let's say thirty. Wow, thirty. I mean, yeah. So that's so that's just in general. Like we have these mentorship groups, you know, where um I facilitate, you know, the workshops, right? right? Um, but I would say. So I don't. So I wouldn't say. So I would say that's just general mentorship groups. Mm-hmm. But as far as like one-on-one mentorship, um, I have about like three or four. Okay, you know what I mean? three or four that I, you know, that I'm like one-on-one with, you know, artists and just like regular kids. Well, I, I definitely want to um publicly reach out or offer, I should say, because we're already talking, um, to give a master's class to these kids about buy and hold, you know, real estate, cash buying, um, and how to do it. It's not something that's out of reach for any, anybody. And I would like to give, put that, uh, that seed in these kids' minds. So if you yeah, could, that'll be, if you that, could, uh, that'd be amazing. I have, um, you know, I actually thought about you too, cause I have two of the kids in my, um, in my class, my Tuesday and Thursday class. They they have you know financial aspirations mm-hmm. and they want to be you know and even the kids and, who don't it's I think it's important for them to understand that even if you just want to be a worker right if you just want to work it's okay to have investments right it's not right. a risky thing you don't need to the stock market is not your only way there's a bunch of different ways you can do it and I do want to make sure that um that I offer that and then you know. We we, we kind of keep that we keep that at the forefront, and I'm going to follow up with you about that offline. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, 
let everybody know, you know, what your socials are, where they can find you and everything like that, man. Yes, sir. Um, so definitely you can find me at straight out of Brooklyn on IG. That's S T R eight O U T T A B K L Y N straight out of Brooklyn. Um, yeah. I'm on IG and Facebook as well. Yeah, and I'm going to put all your stuff at the bottom of the uh, episode as well. That's the best way. Yeah, that's the best way to hit me up. Shoot me a DM. You know, check out what we're doing right now. We got the Artist and Repertoire Workshop. You know, that's the Artist Development Workshop. We work on songwriting, recording, performance, and and marketing, um, you know, in the music industry. And um, we got the Soul Bro workshop the um, cognitive behavior therapy workshops that we doing with the young men um i got yeah. my mic check videos my check series file about to come out um that's a video performance platform that we have uh where we showcase young artists and editing is dope people. on that by the way y'all we were good looking good looking um yeah shout out to wave vision so we got a lot of things that we're working on i got the workshop that i'm doing at lehman college um, that's another artist of repertoire workshop we're working on. Actually, um, the art of interview, which is interesting right now. Mm. So, um, yeah, man, I got a couple of things in store. And, um, yeah, he, he's Caribbean blooded too, y'all. So that's why he's got so many goddamn jobs. <laughs> yes, 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 you already know. I had to let him know because I know people sitting there like, "Wait a second, but guys, don't worry. He's a ver- he can do this. This is in his blood. It's fucking Caribbean, y'all. Don't worry. He's probably got room for another five jobs. Trust me. So keep keep getting at him. Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely yeah. No, I, I got, I got. I still have the name all the jobs I actually have. So exactly, and and I'm gonna go ahead and vouch. Um. As somebody who really is about their money and somebody who really is um, all about the private sector, I'm going to say you are definitely someone who has a proven track record, um, not only in Brooklyn, but just in life in general, um, of being a solid, solid individual, um, not getting caught up in the lights and, and not being someone who's swayed on principle and morals. And, and that's why I wanted to highlight you because you're somebody that I would hands down blindfolded, um, bet the house on that you'll do the right thing by the community. And so I want to shine that light to you and, uh, thank you, man, because there's, there's, there's very few of us that stayed behind to actually help where we're from being from New York for multiple reasons, not reasons of our own, but I'm just thankful that you were able to do that. And you're, 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 carrying the bricks for us all and putting them up on the wall, my brother. So thank you. Yes, sir, bro. You know, you know, I love you, man. And, um, I appreciate I it. Man. I really mean, I mean, I really, um, you know, appreciate what you're saying. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely, a, you know, labor of love, just, you know, doing what we do. And I think everybody's, you know, job and what everybody does is important as long as our intentions are good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, well, my intention is to make a bunch of money and reach back and help. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's mine too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I might be, um, you know, I'm looking, you know, we definitely got to talk because I'm looking to, to get some property out in the A because I got to, you know, I got to expand. and Absolutely, and, my um, brother. You know, so I'm looking to, to, to do some stuff with this house. Yeah, I'm going to keep the house here, you know. Absolutely. Frankly, but, I, but I definitely am looking to purchase a home out there and get my rental property going and, you know, be able to expand because, you know, although I do love New York City, you know, with a family and stuff like that, I, I certainly want to be able to have this space. I love New York too, not in the winter. Yeah, 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 yeah not, bro. Like, you know what I'm it's like five months out the year that I just don't need to be here. Like, oh, bro, yeah, I can't do it. You know, I keep an apartment yeah, there, yeah. man, but... Dude, it just yeah, gets too yeah, cold, yeah. and I'm like, all right, time to fly back to the A. It's time to, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. All I right, my brother. You, well, we're going to we're gonna let these people soak in on all this information because this was powerful, and it's uh, it's life-changing if people could just take your, uh, your call to action. The call to action, guys, at least one kid, find somebody that's interested in what you're doing, mentor them. 
Don't take advantage. Be a good mentor. Be a great steward of uh, giving back and paying forward. Um, if you have a plan, a vision, and opportunity and means, find somebody that's doing the work on the ground that has a great reputation and you vibe with and let them do what the fuck they do and help them out to push the vision. And if you just got a bunch of time on your hands and, and the money and, you know, want to do it, then do it your damn self. Right. Right. Cool. All right, my brother. Well, everybody, I appreciate you guys. Uh, this has been another great conversation. Blackwell podcast. Appreciate y'all. Um, I think daddy should make a lot of money so we can have more properties and make way more money than we're supposed to because I think making money means that we can that we can expand more of our properties and then we can make more money by having um, better properties.